friend, I'm Neil, and I believe that you can make as much money as you want working as little as you want. This podcast is the answer to how. People told me that I could choose to work less, but if I did make that choice, I would have to also choose to make less money. I finally called BS on this idea and went on a mission to figure out how to make six figures or more working on a part-time schedule. I did it in the corporate world, and now I'm doing it as an entrepreneur. I work less than half of what I used to work as an employee in my corporate job, and I have 10 times my corporate salary. Now, I teach others how to do business on a part-time schedule too, so they have more freedom and flexibility. This is what the semi-retired lifestyle is all about, and I believe it's the antidote to the too busy life. Let's face it, if you didn't have to work all the time for money, you wouldn't be too busy for the life you really wanted to live. In this show, I'm sharing my secrets, tools, and strategies to do business and life on your own terms and live the lifestyle of your dreams. It's time to unbusy your life. Are you ready? Let's do this. Well, hello and welcome to the show. I'm so, so excited for this episode this week because I'm going to be sharing with you my top five lessons learned from my failures in quarter one of 2022. So I'm so excited that you're tuning in. I appreciate and so grateful to you listening to this show. And if this would help someone that you know, please feel free to share the show or this specific episode with them. So funny story before we get started, talk about fails. (laughs) My son is amazing. I like love being a boy mama more than anything else that I get to do in my life. He is so fun. He is challenging and he makes me see life and the world in such a different way. And it's so delightful. And then there are those times, (laughs) you know, I'm talking about, you love your children so much, but then there are those times you're like, seriously, this parenting thing, right? Okay. So what's going on with him right now is he has decided to do this new sport and it's called skate skiing. Have you ever heard of this? (laughs) I'm willing to bet that you have not because it's ridiculous, at least in my mind. And it's because it's coming from my mom mind, right? It is literally a company manufactures these, like they actually, it's an actual thing. Like you could Google it and you would find it. Like there's a skateboard that's connected to a ski (laughs) and you skate ski down the mountain, right? Like Of course, nothing could go wrong there, obviously, right? So he convinced his dad and I to buy him this skate ski because his other little friend got one and he wanted to join him on the mountain doing this. So first weekend out, of course, what happens? He falls really horribly, like Superman's down the mountain and we think his arm is broke. (laughs) So we take him to the doctor, get x-rays. It's not broken, thankfully. He has broken his arm previously as a little guy when he was three years old. So thankfully it was not broken, but we had to do a little bit of rehab on it. And as soon as he learned that it wasn't broken, guess what he wanted to do? Go back up to the mountain and do it again. They happen to have a day off of school. So he and his little friend Tegan decide they're going to go up for the whole day and just skate ski the whole day. So as we're driving up and I have a conversation with him ahead of time, the way that I mom is you may not agree with it, which is totally fine, but I am very open with Lincoln and he's like one of those old souls, you know, like he's just, 
seems way more mature than what he actually is. He is only in sixth grade, but he's very tall and he's very mature. So people regularly think that he's a high schooler. And then when you tell him he's in sixth grade, people are like, lose their minds. They're like, wait, what? So because I know that about him, I had a conversation with him about going back up, even though his arm wasn't fully healed. And I just said, listen, this is your body. You're not a baby anymore. And you get to start making some of your own decisions. Here are the potential consequences that are going to happen if you fall again and re-injure or break this arm. And so we laid it out for him. We let him make his own decisions. I'm like, it's your body. You get to decide. So of course he decides to go back up. So I'm driving him up on Friday and we're having this conversation and I just so enjoy listening to his perspective on the world and on life. It's been so fascinating for me to hear his thoughts. But as we're driving up, he said, Hey mom, I wanted to let you know that I'm going to be totally fine on the mountain today because last night I YouTubed how to fall safely on my skate ski, which I thought was adorable. And then I was thinking to myself, yes, of course you're my son, right? It's kind of what we do is we just solve problems. And he comes by it so naturally because his dad is an engineer. So like the whole family is problem solvers. And I was thinking that's so interesting because entrepreneurs, business owners are problem solvers. Like at the core of business, that is what we do is we solve a very specific problem that someone else isn't going to take the time or the energy to figure out the solution for we do it for them. That's why we get paid as business owners and entrepreneurs. So that's what's been going on in my momming world lately. (laughs) It's trying to keep my kid from breaking all his bones, doing this new thing called skate skiing. (laughs) Okay. So let's dive into the 50 fails idea and the top five lessons that I've learned from the failures that I've done so far in quarter one, 2022. I'm going to share one of these episodes every single quarter so that I can share with you the lessons that I'm learning throughout this process. And I think it's so fascinating for me to even think about like, just this first quarter, I can't even tell you like massive growth and results inside of my business because I've taken on these failures. And so it's so fun for me to think about like, what are the next quarters going to look like? This is only a quarter of the way through the year. It's just so interesting. So I'm going to share with you the top five from this quarter. And then as we go through the year, every single quarter, I'm going to share the top five from those quarters. So if you were listening to the podcast or you've been following me on Instagram, I've been sharing these individual failures every single week. I call it failure Tuesday. (laughs) So you can go check out the lives that I've done on those if you want. And this all came from a podcast episode that I did with Rick Mulready back in December of 2021, where we were talking about goals and we collectively both agreed that we were going to set the goal of failing 50 times in 2022 and sharing our failures. So it's really been interesting. I've been hearing from so many of you that it's just been really good to hear and it's helped you kind of think about failure in a a new and different way. And that is my whole goal. My goal really wasn't for, to see like what was going to happen for me, like results that I would create. I mean, it's kind of like a fun byproduct that there's this amazingness that's happened. All this success has happened because of it. But really, my goal was to start normalizing failure as the way to achieving our goals. And that it's a good thing. If we're failing, it's good versus what we've been, so many of us have been taught in our childhood or in growing up that failure is a bad thing. So 
let's dive into the top five lessons from this first quarter. So lesson number one, <laughs> I, so people told me this before, but sometimes you know how you have to just experience it before yourself before you can believe it. And now I believe it 1000% to be true. Failure is the thing that creates massive results very quickly. So I'm going to share with you the results that I've created in my business from these fails over the last three months. But also I'm going to just tell you like Kelly and I, Kelly is my director of operations inside the business. And we were on our team meeting the other day and she said to me, she was like, Neil, this is ridiculous what you have created in the past few months. It's like insane. Like nobody does this. And she was like, this is only in three months. Like if we keep doing this for the rest of the year, what is the business going to look like? And I'm like, I know, right? It's so exciting and it's so fun. Literally every single aspect of my business has grown. My email list, my podcast downloads, my Instagram followers, the number of students that I have, the amount of money that I've made, literally every single aspect of my business has really massively grown. So let me first just dive into the results that we've been able to create in the business by committing to failure every single week over the past three months. So we have over 4,000 new email leads. We have had about 50 paid sales calls with only one no-show. Now, if you're doing a coaching business, you know how spectacular that is to even have booked that many calls, but also to have only one no-show. So if you don't have a coaching business, this might be true in your own business. But for those of us who are coaches, many, many times what happens is someone will book a call and then they just ghost. They no-show. So I figured out how to solve that problem through doing these failures. I've had a sold out paid workshop. I've had two interviews on very high profile podcasts. I created a sold out mastermind in those three months and I created a 500% return on my Facebook ad spend. Now this is wild, like in three months, really less than three months. Cause as I'm recording this, this is the middle of March. So it's been about like 10 weeks. So since the beginning of the year to now, these are the results that we've created through massively failing. And that's really the difference is that we have tried things, they haven't worked. And then we're like, okay, what else are we going to try? And then we try it and it doesn't work the way we want. And then we learn something else. And then we try something else. So this process, this commitment to failing every single week, like I'm literally asking myself this question every week, what can I fail at this week so that I can get better so that I can learn so that I'm one step closer to success. So that's the first one that I want you to see is that failure is the thing that is most effective at creating results very fast. Lesson number one. So (laughs) you all know that now I know this, I'm going to be failing every single week, probably for the rest of my career as a businesswoman. (laughs) Lesson number two, learning from failure and finding the success or the lesson from it takes discipline. So this has been really interesting because at the beginning, this was so hard for me. I was like, I would have a failure and I noticed what I would want to do is my mind would want to tell me that I should stop and that people will think that like, this is literally the story that's going on in my mind. I'm like, okay, I got to, I have to share this publicly. Like I have to be vulnerable and share this. And my mind is telling me that like, people are going to think you're a total idiot 
for having these kinds of failures that I shouldn't be failing. And to overcome that, it really takes a lot of discipline and commitment to sit down and ask yourself to decide what you can learn from that failure and then decide what the next step is going forward versus falling into the idea that I'm a failure, I'm doing it wrong, people are going to think all of these horrible bad things about me. And some people might, like that could be the actual reality, right? But I made this commitment to keep doing these fails. It was like an experiment, like let's see what happens in my business if I do these 50 fails. It was kind of like what I was going into it as it's kind of like a game. And as I share them along the way, what I'm noticing is my brain is like, it's not safe to share these because people will think something, people will feel something about what you're doing, right? And that could totally be the case. But again, my overarching purpose was to share these to show that success is created through this process and to normalize failure. If nothing else inside of the business world, inside of the entrepreneurial world, that failure is the thing that is going to breed massive success. And so it really takes like some discipline to sit down and make yourself find the lesson. This is what was challenging for me. I was like waiting for the failure to just tell me the lesson. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know what this means, right? And I had to actively ask myself, what do I think this is telling me? What could I learn from this? How can I use this to take the next step forward towards where I'm going to go? So it really does take some discipline. And just like any new skill that you're building, it is harder at the very beginning, right? So as you do it more and more, you practice it more and more, it becomes easier and easier to do. And that's what I've noticed over the last three months is it was really, really hard the first like 30 days for sure. And then it started to get a little bit easier where I was able to just like step into, oh, I can see a lesson here. I can see how this would tell me what the next step is. So that's lesson number two. It takes discipline to find the learning or create success from the failure. And it's not the failure's job to do that for us. We have to actively participate in that. Lesson number three, failure builds resilience. And I really feel like it's the path to becoming anti-fragile is to take on fails and to really decide what we want to make the failure mean. So as I've failed more and more, I realize that I make the failures mean less and less about me and more what they really are, which is just actions that I took that led to a result that wasn't what I wanted. I don't feel the sting of failure as much anymore. And I also notice, like when I do, it doesn't really stay with me that long. I just quickly move through it and get to what I can learn and how I can use this for me. How is this guiding me one step closer towards the success I'm about to create? So I'm always focused on the success and that this is just part of the path to it. I just didn't know that it was part of the path to it. And also what I've learned is to stop like tensing up and trying to resist the failure and instead opening up breathing into it, 
letting it be a part of the journey as if it's like I'm meeting my friend along the way and this friend is called failure number 10 (laughs) and it's coming with me to support me on the way to this destination that we're going to, which is success. Okay. So it builds resilience. It makes it easier. The more you fail, the easier it is to fail and learn the lesson and move forward faster because you've been willing to take the time to find the lesson in it. So that is lesson number three. It builds resilience. Number four, this was really an interesting one for me. I had this realization as I was going through and I was in kind of a launch mode, which is launching is one of those things I want to talk about on this podcast because there's so much drama around launches. But as I was going through this process to sell out my mastermind for March, I realized something that was really, really important. And it's a little bit nuanced and it was so, it changed everything for me. But as I was getting closer to the start date and I hadn't filled up the mastermind all the way to the level that I wanted, I had this realization that it's not that I'm not capable of doing that. It's just that the plan I made to get there might not work out exactly the way I thought it should work out. It's really important because I think when we have our failures or we don't get to achieve something that we set out, we think that it's because we're not capable of doing that. And so this is really important to see this and to hear me say this, if that's what you make it mean. It's not that you're not capable. It's just that the plan that you made and the actions that you took didn't get you there or get you there yet. So at this point, once you recognize that, I realized, okay, so I have two choices. I can keep going or I can stop. And this was really fascinating to me because what I realized my habit, my tendency was, which I didn't even see until I went through these failures and then it revealed itself to me, is that I underestimate what it's going to take to get to my goals. And in the past, what I've made that mean is that I couldn't achieve my goals. But now what I realize is it's not that I can't. It's just that the plan that I made and the actions that I took, what I thought it was going to take to get me there is not (laughs) what it was going to take to get me there. But I can always come up with new ideas and I can always continue to take steps forward to get closer to that goal. So this is really important, especially for high achievers. I think it's important to see this realization, this epiphany that I had. It's not that you're not capable. It's just that the plan that you made didn't get you there exactly. And then you have two choices. You can keep going or you can decide to stop. There's not a right or wrong there. Just make a conscious choice. If you want to continue towards your goal, then you just have to decide what is the next step that I'm going to take to get there? Okay. And I'm going to talk about this idea a little bit further. I'm going to dive a little bit deeper into it in another podcast episode, because it's really important to see the difference between getting things done and creating results, especially as a business owner. So that's kind of like the strategic piece of this, which I'm going to dive into in a separate episode, because I think it's so important. So lesson number four, It's not that you're not capable. It's just the plan that you made to get there may not work out exactly the way you thought it should. Okay. 
Lesson number five <laughs> is hyperlearning. Have you ever heard of this idea? So hyperlearning happens in high emotion. So this is what's been happening in my brain. I have been in high emotion over the last three months because I've been failing, 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 failing. And what I notice now is my brain is so open and it's like learning at hyperspeed. And I think this is one of the reasons why I've been able to create so much so quickly. My brain is just offering up idea after idea because I'm in this hyper learning. It's just like when you do like an immersive type of training, you like get put into a pressure cooker cooker, and your learning curve is very steep. So I think this is one of the strategic byproducts of the 50 fails that I had no idea was going to happen. I just didn't anticipate it happening. But now that I see it, it's so fun. So now that I know this, when I create a failure, (laughs) I'm actively asking myself the question, what do I want to train my brain to learn right now? What do I want to train my brain that this means? Now that I see this, it makes so much sense to me because I went through last year trauma coaching for some some things that had happened in my childhood that I thought I had resolved, but I hadn't. And what I learned is that in those states of hyper emotion, which is oftentimes what happens in a traumatic situation, the brain creates a belief system. And the reason that it does that is to try and protect you from the hyper emotional situation in the future. So if you're in a highly emotional charged circumstance right now, I want you to consider giving yourself a minute to decide on purpose what you want to train your brain to make this mean. Because it's, it's open, it's adaptive, it's in hyper learning mode right now. So what could you train it to make this situation mean for you that would serve you next week, next month? next year or three years from now. So this is one of those things like none of us would necessarily choose hyper emotional states, right? We wouldn't choose circumstances that where we, our brain is like going into the rabbit hole and you have high emotion around, but there is an opportunity in those situations. And just thinking about how you want to leverage that opportunity because your brain is going to choose to think something about that. It's going to choose a belief about that situation and make a meaning about it. And since you have the power to choose to train your brain, what you want to make it mean, choose something that's going to serve you for the long run. This is like one of those things. So now every single time I have a failure, I sit back and I ask myself, What is it that I want to train my brain about this right now? And it's so interesting because I've kind of trained my brain that failure is a good thing, which is wild to me because I came into this whole experiment with like failure is awful. It feels awful. We should avoid it at all costs. (laughs) And when you fail, people make it mean something about you, right? They have thoughts about you. They think things about you. They feel something about you. And now my brain is like, oh, great, we failed again. That's cool because now I know I'm one step closer to the success. So I've actively trained my brain in these hyper emotional states of failure, experiencing failure, what I want that to mean, which is super amazing because that, and I think that is the reason why it's made it easier for me to fail more and move through it faster. So 
These are just some of the lessons that I've learned, but I feel like they're some of the most powerful epiphanies and changes in mindset and realizations that I've had over the last 10 to 12 weeks. And there are more. You can go check those out on my Instagram. Check out the 50 Fails live series. And as we go through the year, I'm going to be add every single week, I'm going to add one to that series on Instagram. And I'm also going to do like a recap episode on the show to share with you like the top five. So here's what I want to ask you. What are you going after in your life or your business right now? If you want to get there faster, plan on purpose to do something that will probably be a failure every single week. I know it's really counterintuitive, but it works because when you learn week after week, what doesn't work, you're one step closer to what does work. So go out and fail on purpose every single week. Have a gorgeous week and I'll see you next week where I'm going to teach you the difference between effective and ineffective failure. Really important. This came from somebody who messaged me on Instagram and told me about her failure. And I realized it wasn't a failure that's effective at creating success. And I want to show you the difference between those. So I'm going to do that in next week's episode. Until then, have an amazing, gorgeous week and I'll see you next week. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of the Unbusier Life Show. If you're a coach with a day job struggling to get your coaching business off the ground because you think you need more time or that your day job is keeping you from your dream business, my niche strategy call is just for you. You will come away from this call with the right niche for you, learn how to get three clients and the five simple steps of making 10K working just 10 hours a week. You don't need a lot of time to make money in your business as a coach. All you really need is the plan to do it and the hours that you do have. I only offer a few of these each week, so go grab yours today by visiting my website at www.neilwilliams.com. This call is for you if you still aren't making money in your business or it's really hard to sell your offer or you're stuck in niche drama. We'll tackle all of it in this 30-minute call. Have a gorgeous week, and I'll see you right here on the show next week.